Welcome back. You are listening to that one sports podcast. You already know who it is, but just in case you didn't know, it's your boy, Mitch Wilson, on the ones and twos. And yes, oh yes, I have a good show for you. We're going to recap the big game. Yes, today is... uh. Feeling good, feeling good, feeling good. It's championship vibes today because the parade is today. And so a lot of good vibes going on with KC. Appreciate all you that listen. I truly do. Please, please follow that one sports podcast on Facebook or and or Instagram. I will be starting a Twitter soon. So here soon you you will be able to find that one sports podcast on Twitter, aka now X. So I'm super excited. Oh boy, this was a great game. So let's get right into it. You have the San Francisco 49ers against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I was pretty dang close on the score. I wasn't predicting overtime, but my prediction was 27-20 Chiefs. Final score ended up being San Francisco 22, Kansas City Chiefs 25. So let's get right into it. The beginning of this game, San Francisco was dominant. Often offensively and defensively, both offensive line for San Francisco and defensive line of San of San Francisco was was dominating the game. And it was not looking good for a Chiefs fan. It was not looking good for the Chiefs and or the Chiefs fans. But ironically, as much as they dominated in the first half, the score at halftime was only 10 to 3. But let's back up. Let's just back up. So first drive, San Francisco gets the ball. And Christian McCaffrey fumbles, which I was like, oh my gosh, like he never fumbles. Like, let's go. And the Chiefs offense, the Chiefs offense's game kind of reverted back to not the playoff offense, but the the Chiefs offense that was winning games through the year where it took them time to get going, right? And so the Chiefs didn't get any points out of that drive. You know, San Francisco continues to dominate at, at, at the line of scrimmage. Now the Chiefs end up getting a field goal in the, in the first half. You also have, you know, Christian McCaffrey scores on a – what you would call trick play, gadget play, you know, a throwback to Christian McCaffrey from the receiver on the screen, and he scores a touchdown. And I just want you to remember that, that that Coach Shanahan pulled out that play in the first half to score the game's first touchdown because that's going to be important. So they score, and they score seven, and then they end up kicking a field goal at half. Halftime score. 10-3. Also in the first half, Chiefs struggled to get going. Had a dynamic 50-yard bomb to McCole Hardman that gets him, you know, inside the 10-yard line. And the Chiefs, very next play, fumbled the ball. Talking about going from a, like, complete high to a complete low, that's exactly what happened. Because if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, the 50-yard, man, we, we are finally getting it going. And then all of a sudden for the next play for Pacheco to fumble, which I can't even tell you the last time he fumbled. It was just like, you know, but the, the Chiefs defense 
uh, played well in the first half, gave up 10 points. So at halftime, you're thinking, as a Chiefs fan, I was thinking, man, for us not playing that well on offensively, we're only down seven. Like, that's not bad. I would say if you are a San Francisco 49ers fan, I would be very upset because the first half, the offensive line was dominating, defensive line was dominating, and at halftime, you only had a seven-point lead. Like, one thing about the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, when you get up on Mahomes, you have to continue to score touchdown and just put it out of reach because if you let the Chiefs hang around, you're going to wish you didn't. And that's exactly what happened to end the second half. And we let's get into the second half. Chiefs get the ball after half, come out, first possession, Patrick Mahomes throws a pick. And the 49ers have it on the Chiefs, I think like 45, 44. Like they had tremendous field position. What happens? Three and out. Chiefs, great defense. And I will say this. The one thing, there's a couple things I do not agree with, with Kyle Shanahan and his play calling. When you're up seven points on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick throws a pick, you have to make him pay, and the Chiefs pay for that. You get the ball in tremendous field position, less than 50 yards from the touchdown, and you go three and out. Now, I will say the Chiefs' defense played really well, but in the third quarter, you had three possessions in a row where you went three and out when you were up seven on the Kansas City Chiefs. Again, and the biggest issue I have with those three three and outs is that Christian McCaffrey only touched the ball one time. And he's your best player. It's not Brock Purdy. It is Christian McCaffrey. However, Christian McCaffrey did end up having 160 all-purpose yards, but he only had, like I think, like 75 to 80 yards on the ground. So that is where I think that Kyle Shanahan should have given the ball to Christian McCaffrey a little bit more. Like, I don't care if Christian McCaffrey ends up having, like, 40 touches in this game. It's the dang Super Bowl, and he's your absolute best player. They make a mistake and don't make the Chiefs pay. And three drives in a row, three and out. And then Kansas City punts late in in the third quarter. And there was just really bad miscommunication between the, the, the punt returner and the coverage guys. Ball ends up bouncing off of the coverage guy's foot. The return guy tries to... to recover because he has to because it's touched a member of his team. And so he he tries to scoop it up, can't scoop it up. Kansas City jumps on it right there. Amazing field position, I believe, like at the you know, 15, 20 yard line. On the very next play that Patrick Mahomes throws a touchdown pass to MVS. As bad as the Chiefs played the first three quarters, now they're up thirteen to ten. Yes, I really do think that punt that the Chiefs recovered on special team was the turning point in the game because then they get an easy touchdown to MVS. And I'm talking about this dude was so wide open. He was writing Patrick Mahomes a postcard. Let me tell you, all Patrick had to do was float it over the linebacker because there was no B near him. That was a great play call by Andy Reid and great execution. So where the San Francisco 49ers messed up, so 
the Chiefs get the touchdown to MVS, and they also get a field goal in the third quarter, and San Francisco goes scoreless in the third quarter. Brock Purdy, which I will say, Brock Purdy, I think he played really well. I think he showed well for himself. He didn't turn the ball over. He made the throws he needed to. I will say he's going to – I mean, people forget, like, the Chiefs defense is one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I think Brock Purdy played well. And especially considering the fact that he's two years from being the last pick in the draft, I might feel differently if he was maybe, like, a top pick in the draft. But for him to be in year two and to take his teams to the Super Bowl and, in my opinion, play well in the Super Bowl – I think as a 49ers fan, you you have to be happy with his performance. I think if I'm a 49ers fan, I think I'm more upset with the play calling from the offensive perspective than I am actual Brock Purdy. But we'll get into that a little later. So in the fourth quarter, Brock Purdy throws a slant to Juwan Jennings, gets into the end zone. But then again, they don't call it special teams or anything because Kansas City special teams was special on Super Bowl Sunday. After that touchdown, the Chiefs block the extra point after. Again, the punt that, that the Chiefs recovered, and now you're talking about a extra point block, which is huge. Also, in the third quarter, let's go back just for a sec, Harrison Butker hit a 57-yarder which broke the record for the longest field goal in the Super Bowl, which was set literally in the quarter before that by Jake Moody, was 55. Harrison gets it from 57. And I will give all the kudos in the, in the world to Tommy Townsend because James, James Winchester, the long snapper, hardly ever has a bad or high snap. That snap was super high, and Tommy was able to gather and still set it up perfectly for Butker so Butker could hit from 57. And that's probably something that goes unnoticed, but Tommy Townsend deserves a lot of credit for that because if he doesn't have great hands on that high snap and gets that ball down, you know, if Harrison misses that field goal, then, you know, we could be talking about a completely different outcome of this game. After the Chiefs blocked the forward average field goal, the, I'm sorry, after the Chiefs blocked the, the point-after attempt after the touchdown early in the fourth quarter to make the score. At that point now, it's 16-13 San Francisco. Chiefs go down, get a field goal from 24 yards, and then San Francisco comes back with a field goal in, in the fourth quarter, and then obviously in which that makes it 19-16. Kansas City and then Patrick Mahomes gets the ball with a minute 53 left with two timeouts like you you knew at this point it wasn't a question of was he going to get a field goal it was a question of was he was was he going to get a touchdown or not to win the game and I will say at the end of this game you had Rasheed Rice going off because I know Patrick threw the back shoulder fade to Kelsey but, dude, he had Rasheed Rice in the middle of the field wide open, and he probably, the way he runs after catch, he catches it inside. If he would have threw it to Rasheed, he catches it inside of the five and probably gets in to win the game. But Mahomes didn't even look at Rasheed, and Rasheed was definitely letting him know about it. And also, 
kind of going back to the to the uh, to the first half with Travis Kelsey got all up in Big Red's face. You know, I think that I think it looked worse than what it was. I do think that he crossed the line because you shouldn't do that. But I also would like to point out the fact that. I think that they have been together long enough and have a good enough, uh, great enough relationship and that, and that they love each other. And I think it's only people that you have that type of relationship with that you can do that with because Coach Reed did not seem bothered at all about it. He made light of it, you know, and also Travis Kelsey has come out on his podcast and said that, you know, he he shouldn't have did it. You know, it was, it was a little too far, but, you know, Travis talked about how there was no ill intent it was just he knew how fired up I was to win that game, and I was letting all do anything, you know, to put me out there, and I'll do anything you want me to do so we can win this game. And so I think that there are some people that are blowing this up, making it way bigger than what it needs to be. Did Travis Kelsey cross the line? And did Travis Kelsey cross the line? In my opinion, yes, he did. But luckily, he has a coach that knows his passion and knows his love for the game, and knows his love for him as an individual. And and understood why why he did that, you know. And I will say it was pretty funny on on the New Heights podcast. Travis even said if Big Red was around to hit me in my mouth, I'd have been like, "Yep, okay, coach, let's go do it." And you know, and and he also talked about when he did it, when he bumped him, when he realized he was off balance, he was like, "Oh crap, man, I shouldn't have done that." So I think this was something that people tried to, like I said, make way bigger than what it actually was. I think it was it was just. You know, a guy who really loves the game and is willing to do anything, you know, to get the win, kind of just letting Coach show, hey, Coach, put me in and I'll get it done. So the now, so going back to the end of the game, it wasn't a question of if Mahomes was going to get a field goal. It was, was he going to get a touchdown to score? And like I said, end up having to settle for the field goal. And so I talked about earlier how I thought in the third quarter that the – 49ers had three straight positions where they went three and out and Christian McCaffrey only touched the ball one time. That was my first issue with uh coaching strategy from Kyle Shanahan and then the overtime when they in overtime when they took the ball to start, I did not understand that. Because of the way the rules have been set up, strategically you want to take the ball second because then you then you know what you have to get whether you field goal or touchdown. And the thing that was baffling is that the San Francisco 49ers didn't even know about the rule changing and or the rules. The, you know, post-Super Bowl, they talked about how they said that they just wanted the ball because they, they thought if they scored, like, the game was over. And it's like, what? Like, these rules have been changed, so it's like, I don't know if that's just a, a miscommunication between coaching staff and players or maybe just the coaches were aware of it. However, I will say Kyle Shanahan get, uh, talked about the reason why they wanted to take the ball because then analytics said that, you know, if they take the ball and they and they go score and the other team takes the ball and scores and then they would want to get on the – then when they got the ball back the third time, it would be sudden death and they, they could get score win the game. And that In that situation, I would kick – so then whether the team gets a field goal or a touchdown, I know what I have to get. And then that gives me one extra down to get what I need to get to. So instead of trying to get a first down and three, I know I have four downs to get a first down. So I think that was a coaching blunder. The only exception that I would that I think that was acceptable, if Kyle would have said, 
you know, my guys were absolutely gassed, which they were, but both defenses were just worn out at the end of that game. If you would have said, dude, my defense was gassed, I didn't want them to go down, go right down the field and score a touchdown, then I feel like that would have been a little bit more acceptable. But the fact that he talked about getting the ball for the third time, not I'm not in agreement with that. You know, the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs had the right set of mind where, you know, they were to kick in and if the team scored the touchdown – um, to start overtime, that they were, that they would go down and score and go for two to win the game because at, at that at that point you're you're doing it on your own terms. You're not leaving it up to the other team on whether you know if you know if, if they score the third time then you're just out of luck. You know why not just go ahead and go down and score and go for two so you just end the game right there. And that would be my philosophy. The Chiefs get a dub in this game. First half was absolutely boring. Yeah, second half, more in particular, the fourth quarter and OT were definitely the the quarters to watch in this game. Let's go to the team stats. And I'll tell you what, I've heard about San Francisco 49ers fans crying about uh, officiating. The officiating was good. There were five penalties called a piece. Both had a five penalties. The yardage was very similar. I don't want to hear about no refs. If you're if you're crying about the refs in this game, then you don't know football. If you're if you're a 49ers fan, you should be upset the fact that you couldn't do anything in the first half to se- put separation between yourself and the Chiefs. And also the in the third quarter when the Chiefs come out with the ball and Patrick goes a pick and you have less than fifty yards to score a touchdown and you can't even get a field goal. So I would be mad at not being not being able to put the distance between yourself and the Chiefs because the problem is is you let the Chiefs stay around for too long and the offense got going a little bit and you gave them an opportunity to win. That's exactly what Patrick did. He he ripped your heart out. And dude, what about him scrambling, dude? I will say on the fourth and one play call in overtime when the Chiefs when the Chiefs had the ball, I was thinking to myself, "There's no way it ends like this. There's no way it can end like this." So let's go to the team stats, man. So th- to be completely honest, the numbers are very similar. Both had, uh, let's see, both had 20 first downs and 29 first downs. Both, well, here's what really hurt the 49ers was their third down efficiency. Their third down efficiency, they were only 3 of 12. That's horrible. The Chiefs were 9 of 19. That is much better. I think that's probably the biggest difference was the third down conversions because a lot, a lot of the other numbers are the same. Both had two turnovers. The possession, the possession, San Francisco had it for 38 minutes. Kansas City had it for 36 minutes. So, I mean, the numbers are very similar. It's just the just the thing is, is that San Francisco doesn't have Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you what. Chris Jones in that defense, dude. Trent McDuffie was in Debo Samuel's pocket all day, and Debo Samuel wasn't doing nothing. Dude, that beautiful uh, – well, it would have been a 40-yard touchdown, but, dude, Trent McDuffie was, like, right there, played perfect coverage, knocked it away. Him and LeJarrius Sneed both played really well. Dude, Nick Bolton, Leo Chanel, that dude played lights out. You know, I think, you know, we always give a lot of credit to, like, Patrick and Kelsey and Chris Jones – but, dude, especially on this team, especially that defense, dude, there, there's a lot of guys that do their job. You can't just have one or two guys on defense to make a top-ranked defense. You've got to have guy, the elite players making plays, and then you also have to have the role players doing their job and 
Leo Chanel was one of those guys that played really well. Mike Pinnell, uh, defensive tackle, played well, I thought. You know, I think he was on the Chiefs practice squad and played, I think, the last two or three postseason games. He played really well. You think about, you know, King Felix, rookie defensive end from K-State. He had a nice play in, in the backfield on Christian McCaffrey. I mean, just everybody just doing their job. And so, man, this Chiefs defense was amazing this year. And there, there was also breaking news today. The Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnola, signs an extension. So he's not going anywhere. Matt Nagy's not going anywhere. Andy Reid ain't going nowhere. So this bodes really well for the Kansas City Chiefs because their coaching staff is staying intact. Because a lot of times what you have to worry about when you have a team that wins a Super Bowl or goes deep into the playoff is, is is people hiring those guys, picking the coordinators from the team. And so that's not going to happen. And so the Chiefs are going to be in a really good spot for next year and going forward. And, oh, boy, let me tell you. So let's talk. So the Chiefs get the win. And the Chiefs, in the words of Drake, go back to back. I'm gonna say it one more time for the people in the for the people in the back. Kansas City Chiefs went back to back, and it's a beautiful thing. Oh yes, it is. So now they have the opportunity to go for a three P, which has never been done. Patriots fans, Brady fans, if somehow, if somehow, some way, the Chiefs figure out how to win next year, and they have a three P, and because that's something that no one has ever done it in NFL history, and that would put Patrick at four rings, that gap between him and Brady is going to be very, very, very slim. Very slim. Because he'll have, he won't have as many rings, but he'll also have done something that has never been done before. So I think that makes that conversation very interesting. And let's talk about how amazing this team is and how great they played in the playoffs, especially Patrick Mahomes, how they elevated in the in, in the playoffs. Just think about this for a second. The Chiefs offense, the team that just won the Super Bowl, didn't have a thousand yard receiver, didn't have a thousand yard rusher. They led the league in drops. And they led the league in offensive penalties. They had a two and three record in December. And they won the Super Bowl. How insane is that? Also, some other notes. Patrick Mahomes is 9 and 2 in playoff games down 7 or more. He's 9 and 2. He's 9 and 2. That's insane. There's no other quarterback that that is even 500. And when I say 500, there's no quarterback that has been down 7 or more that has all, all the other quarterbacks have, have a losing record when when they're down 7 or more in the playoffs. A losing record. And Patrick's 9 and 2. It's almost like when they get down by 10, it's like, it's like, okay, all right, guys, we need to, we, we need to apply. I wish they wouldn't do that, but that's just how they've been doing it. And this is probably one of the most impressive stats about the Kansas City Chiefs and their playoff run, a.k.a. their Super Bowl run. The Kansas City Chiefs in three Super Bowls in the fourth quarter and OT of all three Super Bowls combined and in the fourth quarter of all three Super Bowls and this last overtime, they've had nine drives, six have resulted in touchdowns, three have resulted in field goals, and no punts and no turnovers. That is being absolutely clutch in the fourth quarter. 
That is the offense being elite. Patrick being elite. Offensive line executing at a high level, making them elite. And let me tell you, I would not rather have anyone else with the ball in their hands, with the game on the line, than Patrick Mahomes. So you can book it. The Kansas City Chiefs are officially a dynasty. Three Super Bowls in five years. Now, people were trying to call them a dynasty before the Super Bowl, and in my opinion, you get, you got to get to three Super Bowls in five years. That's how you become, or three and six. Like it, you got to have the third Super Bowl. You can't just have two Super Bowls and a bunch of AFC championship, a bunch of a- AFC championship games. You have to get the third one, and they did that. And let's talk a little bit more about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes in this five-year span and the Kansas City Chiefs, number one in total wins was 77. Playoff wins, 14, which is first. Conference championship appearances, five, which is tied for first. Super Bowl appearances, four, tied for first. Super Bowl wins, tied for first. So they have more playoff wins than any dynasty in, in a five-year span. Everything else were tied for first. The Chiefs just had the most successful five-year run in NFL history. That's crazy. And Patrick Mahomes at the helm, and he is not going in anywhere anytime soon. Man, this was a really good game. Like I said, this game was very, very slow and not good in the first half. But second half and overtime is when it really picked up. And don't get it twisted. The Chiefs are still the Chiefs. They're going to get it done. Even with all the doubters and haters out there, it's all good. The Kansas City Chiefs took it home. And I will say this. The thing that's scary about the Chiefs is that the defense is young. Patrick is, I mean, just entering his prime because he's 28. They're not going anywhere. As a Chiefs fan, I absolutely love it because, again, I've said this before, but I completely understand what Patriots fans went through when they had Tom Brady and they were winning all the time. Like, you, when, when your team is on a run like this, they literally become the villain. And I'm okay with that. And I'm glad that they're embracing that. So I remember as a kid growing up, I was just like, man, if I could just see the Chiefs win one Super Bowl, like that would be, oh, that would be so great. And back in two, 2019, when they won it, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like the greatest thing ever. And then with having Patrick and the team, like I knew that we had a chance to win more and the fact that we're now at three and five years is absolutely crazy and just so you know Patrick is that dude Patrick has now cemented himself on the Mount Rushmore's of quarterbacks in the NFL I think Brady and Montana are in front of him but that's it I take Patrick over over Peyton Manning over John Elway Patrick is in my opinion he might not have as much accolades as Brady but Patrick Mahomes he is that dude. He is the best quarterback that I have ever seen. Period. I'm talking from a throwing athletic standpoint. Like Brady was a great game manager and good throw of the football, but like the way Patrick can extend with his legs and make throws downfield and scramble when he needs to, from from that type of talent perspective, he's the best quarterback I've seen to do it. And it's just a matter of time to whether he whether we see if the if the Chiefs can three P and 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 if Patrick can chase down Brady in those records. Because seven 
is a lot. But I will say with this win in this in this Super Bowl, with him having three now, he's given himself a shot. I'm not saying he's gonna do it, but he's given himself a chance to do it. Cause he's only twenty he's only twenty eight and he's got three already. So only time will tell. Oh guys, drop episodes every week. So now that football is over, we will definitely be talking about college basketball, some NBA, that good stuff. Because, you know, I believe do uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting soon. Talk a little bit the MLB, uh, a little Bobby Witt, Kansas City Royals, you know, Atlanta Braves, all that good type of stuff. Yeah, man, I'm super excited to keep on continuing this journey and doing this podcast. So, again, I truly do appreciate you listening. Remember, t- tell your mom, your dad, your cousin, whoever, just ask them if they like sports. Hey, just give that one sports podcast a listen. I do appreciate it. And, guys, always remember, please. Be kind, because everyone you meet is fighting a battle that you have absolutely no idea about. Until next time, fam. Peace!